Hi, and welcome to Steel Connections, a podcast dedicated to unearthing industry insights. I'm your host, Brandy Martin, president and CEO of InstaFab Company. I'm joined today by my co-host, Sean Juber, our esteemed general manager at InstaFab. Thanks, Brandy. It's Monday, and it has already been quite a week. I don't know about you. <laughs> it's I guess that's a trade, right? Well, anyways, I'm, I'm just really glad that we're getting this thing lifted. Listeners, what you don't understand is that we are actually not having our first episode right now. We have already tried to record, <laughs> and it did not go as well as we had hoped. Sean and I were, were pretty kind of nervous about how we get this thing launched, and we had written scripts uh, to kind of guide our conversation, make sure we hit on some points that we wanted to talk about. And unfortunately, we found ourselves reading from the scripts, <laughs> and it was very salesy, and it was it just was not us. And after we were done, we're like, man, this isn't authentic. This isn't who we are. We're more laid back, casual, want to have kind of a good conversation, and just didn't hit the mark. So this is uh, our take two, and hopefully it'll be pretty interesting for everybody. This is exciting. I think we're going to do good this time. <laughs> Everything's got a shaky Second one's a charm. <laughs> well, Sean, to dive in, since it is our first episode, um, why don't we start by telling our listeners a little bit about who we are as a company? Sure. So in your own words, no elevator pitch or anything, what would you say that we do as InstaFab? I think for me, InstaFab is, it's got a new dynamic. So I, I believe that the things that we're doing different is um, we're able to do uh, the same kind of work that other, other fabricators and erectors do, but with a different feel. Like we we have more of a, a team vibe. Like we're people people forward. We're people focused. Um, I think we have an environment at InstaFab where everyone feels like they have a place and they can contribute and they have the opportunity to elevate us as a company uh, individually and then collectively together. It's it's really unique. And from the places I've been in the past um, that didn't really have that feel, I'm really excited about this because it's kind of a new, um, it's kind of a new deal. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it further. It's exciting. Like a new approach. No, I, I love that you say that. I think, so when I came on a year ago, I was looking at this company as uh, we're structural miscellaneous steel fabrication, and then we also install it in the field, right? Um, so I thought of it more of as a, as a product company. We are a product company. We build a product. But as the year's gone on, we're really a service company. We provide a service to our customers. And I think we have that similar approach in, in how we deal with each other internally, right? Like that customer service, that relationship focus here. Exactly. It, it's so hard to explain because it's so unique. I, I just, I haven't been somewhere where the feel is, we're going to do a quality service to our customers and we're going to be proud to do it. We're going to be happy we're working together and we're going to support everyone within our team and within our our reach, you know, our customers, our vendors. We're, we're treating everyone as... Um, I don't know if you want to say equal or um, maybe equal is a good word. We're not treating somebody special or like they're or they don't matter for the other hand of things. Uh, everybody has value and everybody contributes to the same cause. And it's it's a great it's kind of a great feeling. 
Well, yeah, I think I think the traditional way of doing things in our industry is like been, the iron fist approach. Yeah, like and it doesn't been, have to be like that. No, it's been this hierarchy, right? Like yeah. I'm top dog, and everybody's just got to listen to what I I do. I'm more important, or something, right? Which no one ever really respects. There's no relationship there, and it's not even true sure. because you can be at the top of a company, but you can't operate or run it without everybody else there, right? So the way and the that trust I, the the trust has to be there as well. Like I think. This, this is driving trust because we're all in the commitment together. Well, and I think too, right? This is a system. This is like, think of it more of a, as a system, like a circle, a, co- a wheel. And everybody is a cog in that wheel. We all serve different roles and we have different responsibilities, but not one is more important than the other, right? Like fabrication isn't more important than estimating. Estimating isn't more important than project management, right? Because one without the other we wouldn't be a company and we wouldn't be as effective. So well, the good thing is too, I feel like the leaders at Instafab and myself included, I, I genuinely feel like my job is to support everyone there and not to dictate what I believe is the best way, but to bolster and just draw down on the, the fundamental things and help train and educate and, foster like good behaviors and good practices instead Mm -hmm. of just saying we're going to do it this way there's no other way to do it and we have to be in alignment that way that's i mean there's more than one way to skin a cat right i mean i think that goes into like my philosophy on the difference between managers and leaders too right leaders they facilitate they unlock all the gold that's in the minds of the people that they work with managers are drive down change and it's they manage the situation. And I don't think that uh, what we're trying to foster here, what we try to bring into the company or managers, we want a company full of leaders. <laughs> so No, no doubt. And I think I, that approach definitely works and it has, you know, the time tested, you can evaluate a, a company that's had that from the top down, you're going to follow those orders, but I feel like they plateau and then they end up going through people because the people feel unwanted they feel like they're not contributing. Um, they're not all goal focused on the, uh, what what our main objective is, which is all of us growing and and coming up kind of together, but still um, running a business and being successful and doing all the things that everyone else is doing. Absolutely, and no one wants to be rolled over, and everyone wants to feel valued. I think that helps with retention. Sure. Sean, would you say because you've been in this specific industry a lot longer than I have? Would you say that this is kind of a common approach or is this different? Is this disruptive? I think this is absolutely disruptive. And I think um, once this gets out, this might be the new norm and, and uh, that, you can, that you can be successful, that you can drive good revenue, you can hit good margins, you can produce quality product, have great customer service and still be people forward and have not only your customers be happy with the product that you got, but your people be happy with what they produce for them and that they all did it together. Right. I mean, what we're talking about is not something squishy, which I think a lot of people kind of sway away from the conversation because it sounds squishy, but at its essence, you're treating people with respect and everybody deserves to be treated with respect, regardless of what their position is or what their contribution to the company is. So I agree. I think I, I mean, I don't want to take, it, it is kind of my vision. I'm, I'm driving forward, right? Like 
driving this different way of managing. But I, I don't think it's anything revolutionary. For me, it's common sense. And I think the studies are backing it up that companies do better. They're more innovative. When you have diverse opinions, people feel like they're a part of the, the process. Um, and ultimately, that's better success for the entire company. So I think from like, especially my standpoint and others I've worked with uh, at, at other places, we, we all have to be humbled uh, when we come to the table and realize that you're not the smartest person in the room. And there are many, many people that have experiences and tools to offer that can make something really difficult in your, in your realm a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. I think like when we're working together, then um, listeners, we also have another core part of our leadership team, which is um, our controller, Jonathan. We've all got different unique opinions and perspectives on situations. But I think at the end of the day, we give each other permission to disagree with each other and challenge those things. But when we come out of it, we have a plan that's really robust and it is well-rounded. It's well thought through. But think about like the opposite. If we didn't have that kind of situation um, in a vacuum, you're creating these plans and these agendas for your company and you could be missing out on so many things and so many great ideas. So yeah, I agree with you. When I, I think one thing we do that really promotes that, and this is something that I really enjoy doing is uh, things that bother us or that are making our life difficult during the week. You know, we have that, that meeting once a week where we can kind of get all of those things out on the table and then we look at them collectively and decide what's really important, what really matters. And it kind of puts what you're doing into perspective. And you can kind of see the bigger picture at that point, that there are bigger things out there that might be more important to deal with. And I, gosh, I just really, that that's like the best part of my week. Because I, I start to get this idea in my head that, man, this is starting to get tough. Or these this job is um, maybe taking a little bit of a turn and I'm not quite sure what to do. And then we get together and we talk about the things that are bothering you or things that are bothering Jonathan, or I've been doing this with the project team and, and like the, the answers just come out of the woodwork yeah. and it's, it's all, it's awesome. It just, it's the best part of my week. <laughs> the collaboration makes it easier too, right? It it does, like when it just puts it in perspective, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and where you came from? And what made you decide to join our InstaFap team? Uh, when I got into steel, I started in the shipyards, uh, which is a little bit different environment, but not not like crazy different. Um, I would say in relationship, it'd be like you go from building apartments to building houses. You know, ships are huge. They're dynamic. They're unique. They're one-off, but they have the same basic structure that we do now. Um, so I did that for several years. I ended up working after after um, a move to Washington State. I ended up relocating um, to another another fabrication shop. I spent some time there before I found Instafab. Like I said, the dynamic feel that Instafab has and uh, what you bring to the table, I, boy, it's it was too good not to jump on board. And I really appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate that. I think um, you've been a core part too of, of this this transformation that we've been going through. Absolutely a core part of that with both your like industry insight and your experience and your way with people, people follow you. And I think that says a lot about a leader, right? When they're willing to give up whatever they're doing 
to come and and trust what you're saying is happening and what you're seeing in a company, I think is excellent. What so. drove you to kind of change the dynamic that you walked into when you came to InstaFab? Because what did you see that you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to push this people forward objective and, and see if it takes off and see what I can to drive it. What, what drove that? That's a really great question. And I think, I mean, there's a lot to it. Um, when I first came into the company, knowing that, you know, I was replacing the founder who was, who was finally retiring, meeting him, having a conversation with him, hearing that he really cared about his team was aligned with my personal values. Um, it's about who you work with. And I, I have a very distinct like, vision about how leaders should be. And it should not be about them. It should be about the people that they're working with. And Bruce was very, very similar. He was very um, selfless. And he cared about his team. And that was evident when I came in and visited the plant, too, that everybody just had this love for, for Bruce. And it was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't just because he was boss or he founded the company. And likewise, he had this sincere appreciation for his team. And knowing on the back end that we that Instafab had recently become an employee-owned company because Bruce wanted to retire and because he didn't want all these employees being displaced, he wanted them having a future and all of that. I mean, that spoke volumes too, and is really commendable and respectable. So that drew me in, not to make this about gender or anything, but as a female in the industry I came from in real estate and development and business, we're not like wholly represented there. And it's a tough trade. It's a tough market. You've got a lot of really experienced, you know, male dominators in the space and it can be really cutthroat. So I had been taught and I think kind of groomed over the years that, you don't have emotions. You set that aside and it's all about business. And I believed that for a long time. I was probably a leader that I wasn't super proud of today. I, I was following the wrong advice, the wrong style. And over you know a few years before I came to join InstaFab, I found it wasn't effective. I found people who used emotion really well and they had bonds with their team members that I, I valued. I really loved that about them. So I changed it. I was like, I appreciate people. I am human centered and everybody brings emotions with them when they come to work. We, we're humans. We're not robots. We can't check it at the door. So I wanted to be able to really lean into that when I was looking for my next spot before, you know, I settled on into that. And yeah, you're, I, killing it. <laughs> you're killing it. Kind of going on with the monologue here, but I told my husband and I had told a few other people that I'm going to get, I'm going to see how this goes. I know it's a construction firm. I know it's manufacturing, but I feel like people want to be valued. And I've never had a, never had that go wrong on me before. So I was going to give it a shot. And lo and behold, like it took like wildfire. People started listening to me and following me and believing in me when I came to InstaVab because I recognized who, what, who they were, what they were saying, and what value they add to the conversation, which isn't, like I said, like it's not revolutionary. And it seems common sense to me. Um, and I knew that this was going to work. So when I have people who are like, ah, that's too soft, that won't work. I'm like, well, it's, it is. So. <laughs> well, I think what you're doing has a pretty significant impact at InstaFab. But I, I think some of the accolades from our community outside of InstaFab are pretty important too. Um, you know, the business journal, the 40 under 40, uh, that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, congrats. Thanks for revealing um, my age. Yeah. <laughs> be, be proud of how young you are and how far along you are because, boy, yeah. I, I'm just envious and you're killing it. 
and we're all super, super proud of what you're doing and, and where we're at and who we're doing it with. Thank you. But I mean, I think I appreciate that recognition, but also it, it's about who the team, the teams I've worked with too. None of it could be accomplished just by me and sheer willpower. I mean, I have a lot of willpower and a lot of energy, but it's about the people that I'm working with. If I can't guide them and lead them, I wouldn't be where I am today. So um, I've been really fortunate to work with some great teams like you. Well, I think we're pretty excited about the direction. I mean, we've, We've been working hard to establish that, so that's awesome. You know, we're we're driving. I think we're all driving collectively in the same direction now. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, when this all got going, there was some there was some strays out there doing kind of their own thing, and I think we've we've corrected those, and now we're just we're all driving down the same path. We're marching in unison, and and the the doors are opening. Sean, what would you say was the most difficult part of like our transformation journey so far since you've come on to, to InstaFab? I, th- I think that, you know, Bruce, like you said, had um, such a huge impact on the way he managed work and the way he dealt with his people that uh, when we came in, I think there was a, a big resistance to the change in, in not only leadership, but maybe uh, the styles of leadership and some of the, some of the details that we were driving. Um, and then I, I would imagine that the turning point was when, at least the turning point for me was when um, I realized that, like you were saying, I couldn't just drive my agenda. I had to start incorporating um, other people in the room and, and listening and being more of a, you know, kind of a sponge and soaking up what people were doing and saying around me and tailoring um, the foundational changes and the direction to kind of better fit what they were, what they were feeling too. And, and then the change was less resistant at that point. And now we're like, like I said before, we're just kind of driving in unison. We're all, we're all marching to the same tune. I know. And I think a year ago, I wouldn't have, I questioned how well we'd be <laughs> we'd be, be doing that by now. Um, it certainly doesn't happen overnight. It's a lot of stress in the moment. You look back and you're like, "Oh shoot, we did make it through. We've done a lot," um, but it doesn't feel like that along the way. So, no, change is t- change is tough for any of us. And I think I've had my own issues with change, and I, I think your style has definitely opened my eyes to it. And I'm more receptive not only about how to create change but how to accept change myself yeah it's tough nobody likes you know nobody likes change and i think the well, hardest your your pride gets in the way you know your pride is like i've been doing this right i know i'm right <laughs> absolutely everyone is scared of change and it, it's uncomfortable right um but it's, it's it's super necessary i think that um you just really embrace it and that you find that discomfort right and that growth opportunity comes along with that change. So I don't know. Comfortable with being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not, I, I guess if your, your glass is always full and you can't learn, then you're, you're, you're peaked out. It's so hard though. It's easier to say than do, right? Like, it is. I've, I'm like thinking about an like incident I had today where I'm on the other side of this, right? I'm dealing with, you know, some some board of directors that I was talking with today. And 
when you are, um, when you're kind of justifying or talking about things and change, you, you got so much tied into it, so much effort, so much time, so much passion into it about what you've done. But it's, it's very easy to be on guard about it. And I, so this afternoon, like driving home, <laughs> getting prepared for this podcast, it's like, man, I feel like maybe I was a little bit more defensive than I needed to be. They probably didn't even notice it, but I felt it inside me that I was being less objective because um, I'm you know, a part of that change. Um, and it's not often that I've, I feel that, but it makes me very sympathetic to others who are constantly getting battled with that change, especially in our company. A lot of things have changed over here. <laughs> well, you put a lot of effort into what you do. And I think, and, and I think we, we both do and, and many, many people at Instafab do, we, um, put a lot of effort in and that's the, it's hard to be critiqued or have a curveball thrown that maybe you didn't think about or. Or just makes all the information you provided garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Gosh, that's tough. But I think that there's beauty in that recognition, right? As long we're all human, we're all going to have those moments of being territorial or defensive, or you know, sure. whatever that is. As long as we can signal in the moment, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> just, just shush. I, I often am like, Brandy, just shut up in your in my head. Just listen for a second. And um, yeah, I think great things come out of that. You can reset yourself pretty easy. You are a great receptive listener, though. I know that I come into your office sometimes and bend your ear, and you just, regardless of what it is, like make me feel like that's the most important thing going on. And I really, really, really appreciate that. Honestly, I've been trying to emulate that a little bit when people come into my office, just learning to shut my mouth because it has a mind of its own sometimes. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. all do. Yeah, no, so, so thank you for that. That's a life lesson. Yeah, I'm gonna find myself doing that at home now. <laughs> I have to do it at home too. I mean, my home life, home brandy is very different than work brandy. <laughs> so, um, well, let's see. I've got a couple of things I wanted to ask you. So I was going to ask, please, one of these questions. So obviously, safety is super crucial in our industry, right? How right. do you say that? Instafab really prioritizes that and make sure that we ensure a focus on safety day in and day out that is different or maybe it's similar to the other companies that you've been involved with in the past. Well, I think, you know, one, there's a baseline requirement. OSHA, which just about everyone follows, um, has a, a set of standards. You know, we have uh, a larger number of employees than most fabricators, I'd say. So mm -hmm. we're required to do a couple of things are required to have a safety committee and we're required to do monthly safety meetings um, but i think where we step up our game is we do a daily stand up with our crews we make sure that safety's on the forefront before they start their shift we um, do our very best to get them the safest tools the safest equipment um, the best training and I know that training and and safety meetings are a must with OSHA and most general contractors, but I think that we elevate that. Like we're, for instance, we're using, we're, we're migrating to a Hilti program that is helping us monitor our equipment, not only our tooling, but our safety equipment for uh, added maintenance and or um, service life, things that um, aren't generally tracked well with others, I think. And so we're, we're going above and beyond to make sure that our people are in the most safest environment. They have the safest tools. Um, 
and uh, hopefully they appreciate that. I agree. I think what we do, in my opinion, is that we kind of promote um, psychological safety and being able to call things out. Um, since everybody is an employee owner in our company, you know, we all have a vested interest in everyone being safe and being successful in the company. But I don't think today, the team that we have today was different in the past, um, ever dismisses anything that we hear about a safety issue. Um, when I first joined, it was very different. I think safety items may or may not have come up and I wouldn't have been surprised if people were dismissive and been like, oh, that's nothing. But today, the team that we have, we take it serious and we explore it. We ask questions. I know you do. Um, I know I can't think of a single person on our team that does not dive deeper in making sure that we're fully evaluating it. We might deem it not an actual safety risk when, you know, an employee comes in and, and mentions something in passing. Um, but we do our due diligence to make sure that we're exploring that. Well, and I, think, well, I think you can also tell by um, the workspace, like you can walk through our shop. Everything is clean. It's organized. Um, the material is stored safely, whether it be incoming material or outgoing material. It is in its safest possible state. It's not in a position where it could fall over and hurt someone or fall off um, the, a set of sawhorses or, or a piece of equipment. It is absolutely in its safest state at all times. And that is like number one priority for everyone out there. Not only our supervision, but like you said, everyone's kind of looking for that. And mm -hmm. they feel confident in calling out if something is out of place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, we listen to that and they should feel comfortable. And, and I think to that point, too, even if it's not something that legitimately is a safety issue, we might have some you know, explanation for it. It's still a perception of not being safe, perhaps. And that's something that we take into consideration, too, and uh, adjust. It is. I, th I think the best thing for us is when we onboard um, new folks and they look at our our shop situation and what we're doing with a fresh perspective. Like something I have our shop supervision doing now is... Um, and we'll get to the field stuff here in a minute, but, uh, the shop supervision, I have them once a week, um, going to the shop, they put their blinders on, um, to everyone around them and they just look for things that are out of place and unsafe and, um, almost pretend like they're walking through there for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they're not, they're not taking questions at that time. They're not, uh, doing a fit check or, or answering a question about where, where the bathroom is or, now they're looking purely for safety hazards, things that might bite us, um, you know, a snake in the grass per se, something that could sneak up and get us without us knowing. Yeah, I think another element that we have kind of embedded into our system that I love for that purpose too is when we we have our onboarding surveys. Within 30 days, we we send out a survey to new employees asking, is there anything we should be aware of? How did our onboarding go? Well, how was training? Yeah. How was safety? And we get some really good transparent information from that. Um, one of our employees, she was super, <laughs> very transparent and honest and open about things that she experienced. And it's like, can you have some time say it today or tomorrow and come and talk to me about it? I'd love to know more so that we can adjust that and we can fix it. So, yeah, I think we have some that is, good a, that is definitely a useful tool. That's something that I've never experienced anywhere else either. Really? The feed, yeah, the feedback from your employees is so valuable. And sure, um, there there are always going to be people that are, you know, the, the folks, I don't want to say complainers, but there's mm -hmm. people that are more vocal about things than others, and they're, 
just unhappy in life. And, yeah. and so they, they tend to point out things that, you know, just to be that thorn. But um, generally speaking, most people are really uh, receptive to that. And, and I feel like having that open communication makes it so the, the things that might hurt us later are not hidden yes. and not swept under the rug. So that's huge. As far as our field teams go, I mean, training is the key there, but I, I feel like we're extra diligent when we do uh, a lot of companies, they, they have a generic um, site specific safety plan, like a boilerplate. You know, we send this out, we change a couple names and maybe a phone number and that's it. But I feel like the thing that we do that's different and I hope our customers appreciate this too, but um, we spend some time on site with them. We find out their emergency routes. We find out the closest um, hospital or urgent care. And um, we try to like dive down into what's important on that specific job site, which is why I think it's in the name site specific. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, again, most places I've been, site specific meant we sent out this boilerplate nonsense that has the bare bones minimum covered and um, it kind of works for every job site and then the general contractors are like yeah this is garbage but you know we'll accept it kind of kind of meets all of the the criteria and it's it's good enough, good it, makes enough. You, it makes you wonder if it's boilerplate too if they're even paying attention to it i think the thing that we do here, and I thought you were going to say, you know, I tear apart at all of our forms or something, <laughs> but we don't have anything that's canned. We put thought into what we've got. It's intentional. So even if we do have, I'm thinking of like our quality manual or our quality management system, um, yeah. we go through and thread through it to make sure it's applicable to us. It's customized to us and that we, it actually is reflective of who we are as a company. And I think well, that's we spent tons of time on that too. I mean, that's, I think it's a valuable tool that we use. I mean, we literally use it day in and day out. It's mm -hmm. referred to by our shop supervision. It's referred to by our superintendent. I mean, I'm constantly looking at it. Our detailers are using it. Um, it it's definitely meeting the meeting or exceeding the bar. So what do you think about, because a quality management system is very new to InstaFab. We've always been a shop that was not AISC certified and we had no other certifications other than um, the Weibo. We, we had sure. you know, welders with Weibo certifications. What do you think is like the prime or if you could sum it up, like what would be the primary difference and distinction between a shop that has that and a shop that doesn't? I think the difference in my opinion a shop that has a good quality program, you're you're making a valiant effort to have double, triple, quadruple checks on the quality of a product before it leaves your facility. Uh, when our install crews are on site installing structure or stairs or railing or whatever it may be that we're putting in, they know that it's gonna they're gonna put bolts and holes and they're gonna fit and mm -hmm. it's not gonna have some excuse my term here, some BS method of making it fit. They're not going to have to use special tools to make a hole bigger or um, a customer is not going to complain that the quality of the welds are not up to par. Uh, I would say that what that uh, quality management system does for us is it gives us that in-house reassurance that we're sending out exactly what we're selling or better. Well, and I think that goes the same for our customers, right? Is that 
there's reassurance. It's reliable. You have a consistent, well thought out process that everybody follows. And we have a format that we send to our customers to review as well. If they wanted to look into what our QMS is, but yeah, that takes the, it reduces the amount of risk that you have in a supplier like us. I, I think so too. That's, that's what it boils down to the risk. Yeah. You know that we're we're doing our diligence on our end. We're doing everything we say we're going to do, and then some, and then giving you the visibility throughout your project to kind of see that yes, we're tracking material traceability. We are um, diligently checking uh, material sizes, material shapes that our welders are being looked at, our fit up is being looked at, the paint spec is being looked at, and that our quality program is sound and we're, we're getting after the things that we say we're going to do when we sell you this project. Yep. Being thoughtful. Agreed. <laughs> what would you say, Sean, has been the most interesting project or one that you've saw come across our table could be in the future too, that's upcoming. Um, but what's been the most interesting project that you've seen here at Instapath? Well, I think um, from an opportunity standpoint, I can't speak on um, the specific project because it's uh, under a confidentiality agreement, but on the horizon, um, we have a potential project that could, I think, be a game changer for us as far as uh, one, revenue, but um, two, I think it's going to highlight what we're actually capable of because it has a large amount of structure, um, but it also has a large amount of miscellaneous too, which is something that... um, a project is usually heavier than one in one than the other, but this is almost equal parts. And it's, it would be by far the largest project that we've ever looked at as, as a company. And, and I'm excited that, um, you know, several people have reached out to us and they see the change and they're asking us to even look at stuff like this. I mean, that is by itself exciting. Um, and then we're, we're working with some other um, really big, like nationally, if not globally recognized companies that are are asking us specifically to work with them in this region mm-hmm. uh, to cover things that they just can't get coverage on. Which is kind of nuts to think about, right? <laughs> that they're yeah. not able to find coverage for it. There are so many fabrication companies out there. It's a very fragmented market, especially within our region too, nationally also. So where do you think... Um, as far as our future goals here, I'm really excited about our future and I have my own thoughts on where I think we're going to end up here in you know, the next three or five years, but let's hear Brandy's version of three to five years from let's, let's call it five years from now. Let's shoot for the moon. Where does Brandy see InstaFab? <laughs> well, I played a little bit more conservative than Sean does. Um, we actually have a bet that if things go differently and in his favor in the next, what was it, Sean, a year, two years? Um, yeah. You get some bragging rights, and I told you so. So <laughs> we've got it built into our strategic planning. It's going to uh, be pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, three to five years from now, I mean, without divulging too much, I would love to see this company because, as a little bit, bit of background, you know, there's a, a maturity cycle that each business goes through. Instafab has been in business for almost 40 years. And like all companies do, they go through the startup phase, um, they go through a growth phase, they go through maturity. Well, Instafab unfortunately went from startup to like growth phase and often, but didn't make it into maturity. And that's, that's custom. Whoever founds the company not, is not often the person who can take it to that maturity level. 
Um, it's usually somebody else who comes in and helps with that. So my goal is that we'll see a lot of growth and then we'll start to see ourselves mature. But I would also like to see us being rep- represented in the community as, as kind of thought leaders, right? And partnerships and connectors in this space where if we weren't working in your company, we're not working on your project, I mean, um, it doesn't really matter. We can hook you up with somebody else who will be a really good source for you um, and value add to your project. And hoping that we just become really ingrained in the community and the construction and the manufacturing space and and help elevate it. I think there's been a lot of a lot of things that have gone on in our industry in the past that has turned others away. Um, it's really rough. It's, you know, it's really hard. People have always been treated really well. And I want to see that change because this is a great industry to be in. Um, you look around all wherever you go, buildings, you know, um, you go into the stores, you go any part of life involves manufacturing and construction. And it's essential to our society. And there's a lot to be proud, a lot to be proud of in this industry and in this space and doing this kind of work. And I hope we can really help dust that off and bring that to light. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's the idea of, you know, revenue growth. That's that's all obviously key to me as well. But um, it's not just about the money. I think the money comes if you're doing all the right things, right? You're present in the community. You're doing it right. You're paying attention to how you're controlling your costs and all that, obviously. And then you're treating your employee owners, well, our case, employee owners, our employees well. Um, I think everything else comes. People want to align with people who are doing the right thing out in the out in the world. Nobody wants to align with the crook out there or someone who's screwing other people over. And I don't want us ever to be construed as that kind of a company. And then being employee owned, I want to make sure five years from now that we are living up to the truth of employee ownership and really showing the power of what that means. It's our company does well, our employees get a bite of that and that can sustain them through retirement or whatever it is. They're helping build wealth in a space in a blue collar, gray collar industry where it may not have existed before. Um, so those are the kind of things that I'm tying strategy to and I'm hoping to really see come alive in the next five years. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, truly, I mean, it's exciting to talk about, but I mean, I think uh, we, we, we share a similar, a similar vision. Of course, our revenue. So the revenue is what we're talking about, where we're going to be in revenue. Like I'm up here and Brandy's conservative and she's more conservative, which she, she's probably right. But I like to shoot for the moon, like she said earlier. Um, but I think one of the things that's taking us there is um, in this industry specifically, I think there's been a lot of um, ego as far as um, the inability or the not having the want to work with a trade partner. And I think something that is currently building strength with Instafab is the fact that we have several trade partners at this point and, mm-hmm. and we're growing those and those people. Um, they see us as a way to catapult themselves into the future and grow. And I think we share that thought because we're we we see them as a tool for growth as well where um you know big growth quick growth takes a lot of capital expenditures things that are are tough decisions to make um if you're just an individual company you don't have any partners you don't have uh, a lot of options but i think being that we have several partners we have people that um, are willing to do projects with us collectively there's I, I would say there's six of them at the moment. I mean, other fabricators, larger, smaller, 
um, specializing in different things, not necessarily the same. Some do both. Some do what we do, just on a different scale. Um, but being able to keep an open mind and go um, into a project together as a partner is something that other folks in this industry just aren't doing. They're so, um, and I don't want to bash on, um, you know, one of our, our our competitors, but they're very, very self-absorbed. They think that uh, it's their way of the highway. They don't want to work with anyone else. And, and I hope that they're successful, but I think that inevitably that might be their demise. It's been the name of the game for a long time, but I think, being successful is great. Being a competitor and being competitive is great, but it's how you do it that matters, right? And there's yeah. no greater feeling than knowing that you also lifted up other people alongside yeah. you. I mean, you absolutely to reach beyond your own company. So I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I think being a partner in that way is is powerful. So it is. I, I think, like you said, elevating the ones around us and being open minded. And I think Brandy's team teamwork environment may be pushing that agenda. The fact that, you know, we kind of look at everything through a fresh perspective. I mean, I know I am. Um, I come from a world that's very, God, it's very iron fisty. It's, it's dictatorish. And um, I'm used to being the one getting force fed directives that I have to go force down mm -hmm. several people's throat and do the same thing where here we're just we're just taking things a different direction it's a breath of fresh air there's a lot of things facing our industry that we're not going to tackle if we're all operating in a silo we have to be able to lean on each other and there's power in that we're looking at labor shortages across the nation we're looking at all sort of things sort of pressures that are facing our industry and the only way that we're going to get through that is if we're working as a team and we're all aligned and we're all tackling these issues together. So I think that, that it benefits the whole, the whole system. Well, any, while we wrap this up, any advice to uh, any other operators or players who are trying to do what we're doing? I think if I had one piece of advice, uh, I would say, keep an open mind. Um, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions and be humble be humble there is other ways to do what you're doing and um all you have to do is be a good listener to find them out that's your beautiful people, your people will tell you i agree i agree well thank you listeners for joining me and sean for our very first episode of steel connections as we introduce our company and our podcast and we hope to see you for more exciting conversations in the future Thank you, guys.